You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show, the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers, go directly to the front of the line. Um, as I said, we're going to start with the calls that came in after family night, and then we'll take it back up to the top. We do have, looks like, about five calls. Um, can't promise it's about family night, but it's since family night happened. Hey, Ryan. It's uh, Jersey Mike. I just want just to reach out to Kyle from Madison real quick. Um, oh, here we go with the drama. Kyle, I, I promise you, I'm not, I'm not ever going to get one of those accidents while going that fast. Um, I, I, I don't know how to explain this to you, um, in the the best way. But again, I've been racing cars my entire life, um, and and I want to just preface it like this: when you drive really fast, right? You've got to be good. But to get good, you have to drive really fast. And I have a lot of practice driving really, really fast on some of the most, well, this is going to sound horrible, but some of the most congested roads in the on the planet. I mean, we're not talking about Thailand where there's literally no traffic lights that are heated by motorcyclists and, and car drive. We're not talking about that. We're talking about... New York and New Jersey, where you got things like the LIE, known as the world's largest parking lot, okay? Um, that would be the Long Island Expressway in New York. Or you've got, you know, the New Jersey Turnpike, or anywhere in New Jersey for that matter, because there's way too many people who live in that state. You, you get on the parkway, you're going down to Tom's River, or you get on 287 going up north, or 78 going out northwest, whatever it might be. There's nothing but people. Um, I, I just, I'm going to preface this. Um, I'm the guy who, when I'm driving and I'm going fast, um, I've had cops try to pull me over. Um, and I have a record right now. And I don't know if I should be bragging about this because look who finds me. But uh, the record is, is 10 and 0. I have never, <laughs> never once decided to run away from a cop and, and not gotten away uh, the 10 times that I've done it in my life. Uh, I've never, never gotten into an accident in my, I've been driving since I was 12, illegally, um, and I'm 30, never, never gotten into an accident, I'm not knocking on wood, because, quite frankly, it's because I've got so much practice, um, I know what the heck I'm doing, and, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drive like an idiot around people, per, per se, um, like you were saying, you, you don't know when somebody's going to jump out and do something stupid, you know, merge into a lane when they think that I'm going a certain speed. Uh, I actually account for that. Um, you, you might say, you know, BS, Jersey Mike, you're full of yourself, but I promise I've had people in the car with me. I've scared the ever living poop out of them, made them girls cry. And let me tell you, 
<laughs> it's funny. Um, my wife, my wife's been in the car so many times with me doing it. She actually, she says, ah. Okay. Um, I just want to remind everybody, we do have a Packernet After Dark Discord. This would be a great place where we can converse back and forth about things like driving cars, safety, seatbelts, speed, speed limits, car chases, you know, measurement competitions and whatnot. Anyways, we do have Jersey Mike. I was tempted to skip it because it looks like it's a lot of driving stuff again, but I see Christian Watson's name in here. So at some point we're pivoting to football. So Jersey Mike, let's uh, take it away. Hey, Ryan, it's Jersey Mike. I don't know where I got cut off. Um, I, I apparently can rant forever. I just, I just want to let everybody know that, you know, no matter what I say, um, I know that I'm not going to convince you that, you know, what I'm doing is safe because most people believe it's absolutely ludicrous that I drive the way that I do sometimes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm being as safe as I possibly can while also having a great time. My wife loves getting in the car. She tells me it's a roller coaster. It's so much fun. Anyway, I, I just I just want people to know that I'm not dying out here. Um, anyway, but to go on with the Packers, because I feel like we've been talking about everything other than Packers. Yeah. Um, I was actually disappointed what I saw from Jordan Love for the most part of Packers family night. But uh, I agree. He turned it around. That last throw to Christian Watson. Um, and I know everybody's going to complain about the broadcasting. Uh, Mark Murphy definitely called the station up and was like, listen, everything you, every time you see us do something important, go to commercial. And then only hang out when the fans are the worst fans, the worst fans that have never thrown a football, never kicked a football. <laughs> Just get them on the field because they suck. Make our pro players look that much better. That's what, that's what it was. Could they have gotten the most unco more uncoordinated people ever to to do these things at that? Honestly, it it felt like to me they were trying to make fun of people. That's what that looked like. Whoever's on that social media team, whatever the heck her name was, that they they made us sit through her interview. She she is stupid. Anyway, oh, go no. go. oh no! <laughs> oh boy. Um. I didn't know she was social media. I don't. I don't know who that was. I couldn't hardly hear anything. I had kids screaming all day long. Uh, the broadcast was awful. Um, I already kind of touched on it, but yeah, I, I don't need interviews and and all this other stuff going on. Tell me what's going on on the field. And and as far as like the commercial breaks, maybe I'm wrong. And I don't know how these things work. It's probably just based on time. Like it. You know, 42 minutes and 30 seconds, we take another commercial until 50 minutes or blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But I feel like there should be a way to coordinate with the television people because we have a, a, a set list. Like, we're going to run this for this long. Or whatever. When we're doing this, you show it. Then when we stop doing this, there's going to be a transition period. There's going to be, you know, I don't know, some boring stuff going on. Take your commercial. Try to be back by this time because we're going to be running this. First team, second team, third team, fourth team. Then, you know, take a break during field goals and stuff. Don't get me wrong. It's an important thing, but I'm com completely content getting Twitter updates on whether he made it or not. It doesn't take a lot of imagination to figure out what that looked like. Plus, somebody will record it if you really want to see it. I, I, I don't know why that would be a difficult thing to do, but apparently that's just completely impossible. So, yeah, I, it, it, was, it was a great event. I, I think it was a 
slight disaster in terms of how it was covered. I mean, again, even, even when they're showing it, like the camera's all over the place. I don't know what I'm looking at. Again, you, you see him throw a pass and it's like, okay, that was caught. I have no idea. Was that a first down or that was like seven yards? And then they trot off the field and it's like, well, are you off the field because you got the first down or are you off the field because that was fourth down? Did you fail? Did you succeed? I have no idea what happened there. Wouldn't it be so much better to hear Wayne Larrabee and The Rock talking about, man, oh man, look at Wyatt. He's looking great out there. What a great throw by Jordan Love. They didn't even comment as, as though there was nothing going on in the field. I don't know. It's I'm not blaming them. They're, they're just given a role to play, and they played it. You know, you got to talk about this and then talk about that and then talk to this person, talk to that person. John Kuhn talks about his days with Aaron Rodgers or whatever. We're gonna, I, don't, I don't know. Here, here's just a list. And that's the thing. Like, everybody just has their own list. So the, announce, the, the announcing trio has a list of just things to talk about. Then Matt LaFleur has a list of things we're going to work on. And, you know, like, we're going to work on this, and then we're going to bring out kids, and then we're going to work on this, and then we're going to bring out some guys kicking field goals, whatever. And then the TV station just has their own thing, where it's like, we're going to show it, then we're going to do a commercial, then we're going to show it, then we're going to do a commercial. And none of it is coordinated. All of those should work in concert. They should all be in sync, and none of it was in sync. It's crazy to me. It should start with Matt LaFleur and, and Brian Gutekunst. Like, here is what we're doing. Then you build a broadcast around that, right? Which should mostly be focused on what's going on in the field. If you want to interview some people, fine. Do it during, you know, when those guys were kicking field goals or, or catching punts. Because then you can do the interview and, and you can kind of chime in once in a while like, oh, great catch or whatever. Oh, they're going to let them run it again. Anyways, this is Jim Job Jibbins. How's your day going? Great. We're so proud of your life. You know, whatever. Um, as far as Jordan Love, I agree. I mean, listen, we're all, everybody's really excited about what happened as far as like the really nice throws. But from my own perspective, again, what am I looking for? Consistency. Did we get consistency? Absolutely not. Not even close. He started practice, I think, one for five, and every single pass, it wasn't just broken up, it was a bad pass. He ended the night, I think, nine of 18. Something like that, or 11 of 18. It, it was not, it wasn't good. So, I mean, it's great when it's, it, it kind of reminds me of that Vikings game. Remember the greatest comeback of all time, which made me sick to my stomach, still does. It's something really to be proud of, but at the same time, it's something to be ashamed of. You beat a garbage team by what, three points? Yeah, but it was the greatest comeback of all time. Right. It was the greatest, like, second half the world has ever seen. But you also understand that in order for those two things to be true, you won by three and it was the greatest second half of all time, you had to have had the worst first half of all time, and you did. You got your freaking nose caved in over and over and over by a putrid football team for an entire half. So yes, we can look at the second half of, of what Jordan did. He carved everything up. And it's like, well, he's just working out the nerves. You can't do that, though. And, you know, as far as like, well, he has time. Dude, I mean, it's been, it's been years. Yes, there are a couple more weeks in between now and week one. I, I get that. But the, the gap between now and week one is significantly smaller than the gap between now and when we drafted him. We cannot have this thing where it's like, well, the first five or six passes are just going to be horrific. But then I'll kind of get into a rhythm. That ain't going to work. It's also why I don't think week one is going to start off with a shot down the field. I, just to reiterate that. Start off with screen passes. Now, you can only do that for so long because pretty soon those screen passes are going to be putting our guys in hospitals and getting picked off because they're just going to be jumping these things. You're going to have to throw 5-yard, 7-yard, 10-yard, 15-yard passes at some point. Can't just all be warm-up balls for the first five passes. 
But again, that that's whatever you're looking for, great. If that's what you want is just big highlight reel throws, cool. I want consistency. And I don't know how many days there's been that. Because the only way those highlight throws become more than just highlight throws. Remember, um, Colin Coward called Justin Fields a YouTube quarterback because his highlights are great. But at the end of the day, he's a terrible quarterback. I don't want that to be Jordan Love. Bad quarterback, really good highlights. So overall, is what we saw from Jordan Love like, this dude is a legit starter, he's just a freaking killer out there? No, not at all. So clock's ticking. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. You know, got some jitters, whatever, put it behind you. Hopefully the joint practice will be better. If, it, if that's not better, then hopefully the preseason will be better. If that's not better, then hopefully the next preseason. If that's not better, then hopefully week one. Or if that's not better, then hopefully by midseason. Hopefully by the end of the year. Hopefully next year. I don't, you know, I don't know. But so far, through most of training camp, there has been a lot of good, but there has not been a lot of consistency. Take it for what it is. Hey, Jersey Mike, again, I'm going to make this five seconds real quick. Sorry, I keep calling 15, in. Yeah. I am getting bad at this. Um, I forget who the sheriff's deputy is or whatever. Um, I just want to just say this. Speed limits are not there for my safety. Oh, Speed limits are there for everybody else who doesn't know how to freaking drive. Uh, end of story. Um, most cars are well capable of going over speed limits that they are. Like, uh, for example, you go come down to Texas. The roads are not the same. They look the same as a lot of other places in the world, but the speed limits are 65, 60, 65 on most of these roads. And then you go someplace like New Jersey, that same road will be 45 or 30. Um, no, speed limits are because other people can't drive, and, and that's it. Um, except if you're talking about residential zones, which, you know, respect those. Anyway, go back up. Thank you. All right. Bramble. Hey, Becky. Hey, what's up? Bramble. Listening to all you driver safety oh, instructors God. as I'm driving on my consecutive day back to Florida and all. Um, this drive we've been on for 12 hours. I've seen three different treads thrown off semis, not right in front of me, but they've been debris in the road. They've had to go around them, and the semis have been parked up by the road. And a trailer that lost a tire. Um, I was actually driving once in a bucket truck. And a semi truck threw a tire directly in front of me. It's a good thing I was in a bucket truck to hit the grill of the truck and not through the windshield of my car. Yeah, driving kind of sucks when there's other people around to do it with. But, uh,. I don't need no popo coming on the radio telling me what to do. All right, let me guess. I'm just not commenting because I don't want to add fuel to the fire. So I appreciate the call, Bramble. Hey, Ryan. Hey. It's uh, Squidly Diddly. Squidly Diddly. Escanaba. I want to uh, thank all your callers for uh, keeping the content up. I, I was the one that was going on that trip back and forth from Chicago to Indianapolis <clears throat> with my boss. I got a, I got a nice song here that uh, might work out. Get a kick out of it. Okay. It's, uh, Maxine Nightingale, right where, back where we started from. Might be a good one for Jordan Love if he's good. And then if he bails on the Packers, I got another one. It's uh, Pantera. Yeah. This Love. Pretty good, good one too. Yeah. And uh, as oh, far yeah. as hot dogs, I mean, you gotta try the Kirkland original. 
Kirkland or you know, the ones you get at the deli. Those ones are pretty good. They're all beef. Isn't that uh, so, that's uh, Woodman? I gotta go on another trip next week. So uh, with all this uh, action going on, I'm sure you'll have plenty of callers. But I want to appreciate it. It uh, did help out a lot. Costco. Put the earbuds in, and uh, yeah, the boss and the other guy, you can talk. So thanks again. See ya. All right, man, I appreciate it. You got me thinking. I, I I keep mentioning this. Somebody sent me a song, and I don't think I've played it. And it's like, where the heck was that? When was that? And I have, I have, I get so many emails. I need to start unsubscribing from stuff. I've gone through several pages, and I'm on August second right now, which was like four days ago. Uh most of this is Google Voice, by the way. So I guess I shouldn't be too mad. What is this? That's not it. I'm searching for an attachment. I'm assuming it would have been an attachment, but maybe not. Ha! I found it. All right, I just got to remember. Remember to play the song at the end of the podcast. I don't know if that's going to help me remember, but I said it really loud, so I feel like there's some authority behind that. It's got some Rage Against the Machine vibes. It's legit, A.A. Ron. Auto-tune and all, man. Sounds good. All right, well, that was it. That's it for Family Night comments. Uh, (laughs) I guess we'll take it back to the top. Hey, Ryan. Jeff from Milwaukee checking in. Hey, um... I'm guessing you probably saw this as well, but uh, Rob Domofsky of ESPN, who covers the Packers for ESPN, uh, gave his little check-in report of camp so far. Uh-huh. And he was talking specifically about Jordan Love. And he indicated that Jordan Love has had one really good day, one decent day, and the rest has left you walking off the field thinking this is going to be a very long season. So that wasn't the most optimistic and encouraging update uh, to hear as a Packers fan. I believe he was reporting on six practices at that point. So that means that Jordan Love is not even 50% uh, in that uh, decent to excellent category, I guess. He's not even at 50% according to Rob Domofsky. Um, you know, and I, I think people are saying, well, we can lean on our defense this year. I, I've already talked about Joe Barry with you. You know my thoughts on him. But uh, aside from that, this offense is stalling all the time. And the two-minute drill sounds like it's a mess. sounds like it's a big struggle. But if this offense can't produce, the defense is going to be on the field more. And that usually does not help your, your numbers defensively. And I think you can wear defense out, obviously, in a game. And that wouldn't bode well for us. So... um Offense stalls. You know, what do we do? Bring in Andrews Carlson, who's what, 60% field goal percentage? Uh, I don't know. I'm suddenly needing to be talked off the ledge here. I had submitted 7 and 10, and now I'm thinking if I go any direction, it's going to be, unfortunately, subtracting wins. Right. Uh, I know it's early. There's still time, but maybe you can talk some sense into me here. Thanks. Well, I, I don't know that there's any sense to be talked in. I mean, nobody knows what's going to happen. And again, my, my take on, on Rob, that, that did rub me the wrong way, but mostly just because, you know, you go on ESPN, you're educating a bunch of people that aren't that aren't tuned in, right? You're, you're in your Packers bubble. You go outside of your Packers bubble to talk to a bunch of people that are not tuned in. I mean, Chargers fans and Raiders fans and a bunch of other people just with just looking for a quick snippet. And the only thing they get is a Packers beat reporter basically saying he's had one good day and the rest has been pretty, not even forgettable. It's been to the point where you walk off saying this is going to be a long year, which is to say he's been bad. And then when you come back 
you know, again, Andy Herman kind of does his thing, which, like I said, I didn't watch the whole thing, but he seemed to be just waffling back and forth. He posts something, and, and somebody tagged me in it. I, I uh, Let's see what he said here. Uh, Dakota found this. I don't know if this is what the other person was referring to, but he says, Agree with what Andy said here. Yes, love has only a couple of wild practices, but it's also a product of a young offense finding its way, uh, which is to be expected. I had 90 seconds on TV to talk about love and said he's had one great day, one decent day, and the rest not so much. Is that unfair? Well, I think so, because what you said in that paragraph, which took, what did it take me, five seconds? That is a better way to say what you said. It just feels to me like there is a national media desire. And and again, this is exactly how Pat McAfee phrased it. There is a desire out there for the Packers to fail. There's just sort of this giddiness. And it feels like, it just felt like Rob was playing into that. He was going along with the anti-Packers crowd and his anti-Packers colleagues kind of throwing his team under the bus to be one of the boys. I don't know that to be true. Maybe it is his honest assessment. It probably is. But, you know, again, there's only one picture. But you get to decide how you color it. And he was much more pessimistic on national television than he was in local circles. I don't know what he's been saying out there because he blocked me. I can't see. But um, maybe he's been entirely negative. But, again... He kind of comes back and clarifies, and, and again, that first paragraph, it, it sounded like a better way to say it. It's to be expected. They're finding their way. It's been a little bumpy, but it'll be fine. And again, I'm not, I'm not necessarily even disagreeing because I'm not there. That's not the perspective I've been getting from guys like Herman, who has had Jordan Love as his player of the day more than one day, and considering he has like three players of the day, that's a pretty high honor, I mean, for whatever it's worth. So there's some pretty stark disagreement there. But here's the other thing that kind of annoyed me about it. And again, I've, I've, I have been even today negative about it, um, mostly in-house. And it's not even meant to be negative. It's just, again, this is my perspective on it. It's, it's great, but I'm just waiting for that consistency and I still haven't seen it. But the thing that kind of stuck out to me is a, you, you may not know who she is. Her name is Carmen Vitali. Her, I didn't realize this. Her official title is like NF, uh, NFC North reporter. But she's in Chicago. She is a Chicago beat person. She She's on all the Chicago shows. She's on um, with uh, Adam Rank all the time. She's on all those shows down there. Whenever I watch Chicago stuff, she is always on there. I When I watch press conferences, I can hear her voice asking questions. She's a Chicago, I th- I, I'm guessing a Bears fan. Very confident in that. She has been talking up the Packers for a while. I, I So... I've I've always kind of liked her because she'd have she'd be on Adam Rank's show and Adam of course is trying to bait her into his BS about how the Bears are going to be great and all this stuff and she's kind of she doesn't really play along it's like yeah yeah we'll see I don't really know and then I saw her on a, a another Chicago program in fact I think somebody t- sent it to me on Twitter here was it Monty it was just just listen to this this is a again she's an NFC North reporter whatever she's a Chicago Bears reporter let's just listen to this for one second. Because the Packers, to me, are very intriguing. They lose Aaron Rodgers, and I said this morning on the radio, it would be just a cosmic joke if they get another third straight Hall of Fame quarterback in Jordan Love. I don't know that's going to happen, but there's a lot that he does offer and a lot that you believe that he can develop in the way of chemistry with his receiving core. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not going to garner any favor with Chicago Bears fans, but... uh... 
I think Jordan Love is going to be just fine. All the reports out of Packers camp are saying that, listen, he's making good decisions and he's hitting receivers only where only they can get the ball and he's keeping it away from defenders and he's taking care of the football in general. And I just, I'm not ready to say that it's the third straight Hall of Famer, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, this is an offense he's been in for three years. He knows it inside and out and it seems like his learning curve is going to be shorter than most. I thought you might say that. So tell me this. <laughs> How do you combat like the, the experience factor? Because he will be a guy that is... Now, again, notice, she's coming out... So, a couple things. First of all, was that 90 seconds? I feel like that was probably less than 90 seconds that she just had to explain that. In fact, this whole video has been a minute and 14, so we're not even at 90 seconds, and I skipped probably the first 20 seconds. So that was a solid minute or so that she talked probably less than. 45 seconds she talked about Jordan Love. There's one picture... You choose how to paint it, right? It, 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 it's a very optimistic look at things. Now, the other thing is, and, and again, she's on Chicago. She is a Chicago, well-known Chicago person on a Chicago sports show, NBC Sports Chicago, talking to Chicago Bears fans who have heard nothing but Jordan Love is trash, he's awful, he's garbage. And now she's coming on in the face of that and saying, look, Bears fans aren't going to like this, but from what I'm hearing, things look pretty positive. And now you've even got the reporter, and he does this the whole time. Like, yeah, but what about this? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, come on, what about this? He's raw. He's made an NFL start before, but never been the guy. Yeah. He doesn't have anybody in that huddle on third and seven where he says, well, you know what? They've gotten open before because Christian Watson is the most experienced, proven receiver entering his second season. <laughs> Where's the experience come from, and why are you confident? Why are they confident that Jordan Love can be the poised quarterback that can do the things he needs to do? The experience comes from the running backs. The, they have arguably the best tandem in the league in the backfield because don't forget, they also have rookie tight ends too. And this right. is a team that loves their 12 personnel. They love trotting out multiple tight end sets. So they have youth across the board, but that means that they're kind of growing together. Jordan Love and Romeo Dobbs, especially, they were working out in the offseason. Prior to the offseason program even starting, they were working out together in California. And then Jordan Love also brought in the rest of his receivers. They got some reps this summer. And now they can rely on the backfield, the defensive or the offensive backfield in AJ Dillon, in Aaron Jones, who they kept this year for this exact reason to make sure that he does have some vets to lean on as he gets going. And not to mention, that's a defense with eight first round picks on it. If you can't lean on those guys, come on. Well, the defense disappointed them last year, which is why I'm not, I'm not going to play more. But it, but again, it's like you know, the, he doesn't want to hear it. But she's she's holding her ground on the positive aspects. And yes, there is a negative side to this. But again, if she can go as a as a Chicago Bears fan who is a Chicago Bears beat reporter who again is given the title, she has to cover the entire NFC North, but she she is exclusively Chicago, you know, Packers fans, Lions fans, Vikings fans as far as I know don't really know who she is. She's not on Packers shows, Lions shows or Vikings shows to my knowledge. She is a Chicago beat writer standing her ground saying, no, I mean, this is going to be, yeah, but what about the experience? Well, yeah, I mean, but they're going to grow together and they're talented. They like their tight ends. They got some tight ends. It's going to be so, you know, and, and that's why I sound like I vacillate and I do vacillate, but it's, it's still one common theme, right? I'm excited about the positive. I'm not excited about the negative. There's just one picture. Sometimes I scribble in red all over it until it, you know, rips the paper. And sometimes I, I draw a nice little sun in the corner. Jordan had some beautiful throws in that game. A lot of reasons to be optimistic. I just haven't got that one thing I'm waiting for. But again, as far as the Rob thing, that, that was my only issue. 
You got 90 seconds. What, what am I supposed to do? Well, you can do, you, it's up to you what you do. But you painted a very, very bleak, I mean, and, and again, the issue is, that is the most bleak picture I think I've heard. Maybe not as much as uh, Wildy or whatever, I'm not really sure. Or Homer, I don't know. But that is one of the more bleak pictures I've heard about Jordan Love, and it came from a Packers beat reporter on nationalized television. I just, I don't see the benefit of that. You know, and again, you, you can you can say the negatives and the positives. You can do both in 90 seconds. You can say that he's looked really, really good in spots, had some unbelievable throws. There is some, there are some, as he said, there are some growing pains that they're working through, and you can expect those, some of those to continue into the regular season. They're a young team, but the, you know, the optimism is, is there with the team right now, and we'll see what happens. How is that? Was that 90 seconds? Where are we at right now? But no, he just went full in with a big old smile on his face too, which I think made it even more annoying. Let's do one more before the break. We got a lot of calls to get through here. Hey, Ryan, this is Aaron, and I am, oh wait, sorry, let me first say I hope your day is going well. Thanks. Um, Anyways, um, I am currently watching the Hall of Fame game uh, between the Jets and Cleveland. Okay. And... Chris Collinsworth, like, mm-hmm. repeatedly cons- has been talking about how great it is for Zach Wilson to sit behind Aaron Rodgers and <laughs> maybe he can learn from this and no. however long Aaron Rodgers plays, Zach Wilson might be able to learn and whether Aaron Rodgers plays for two more years or three more years or whatever, Zach Wilson's going to sit behind him and learn. It is incredibly painful to hear that argument as if it's a positive thing on national TV while the same exact thing can be said for Jordan Love, who's Jordan Love has had Aaron Rodgers in front of him since he was a rookie. Yep. Zach Wilson has been in the league for two years, and now he has Aaron Rodgers to be his quarterback, like, teacher, whatever. Zach Wilson, if Aaron Rodgers plays for two or three more years, Zach Wilson's not going to be a Jet anymore. And they're acting like this is a positive thing. But then you have Jordan Love, who's been sitting behind him, and that somehow is a negative thing. So he couldn't beat out Aaron Rodgers. Zach Wilson's not going to amount to anything because he can't beat out Aaron Rodgers. I... I just can't with this stupid argument. It's just the media just hates the Packers. That's right. just all it is. Right. And I know you've been outspoken about needing to get clips out there and everything, and it's just like, no matter what the Packers do, even if Jordan Love has perfect video and perfect throws and all his clips are getting out there, the media is still going to hate the Packers, and they're still going to say that Jordan Love is a flop and a bust and he's not good. I'm just tired of this double standard that everyone hates the Packers, and I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm just excited for the season. I'm excited for Jordan Love. And if the media wants to do what the media wants to do, they're going to learn. They're going to be proven wrong, and that's going to be the greatest thing once all the receipts are pulled. And I just cannot wait. Um, Anyways... Oh, have a good night. Bye. Wait, shalom. Shalom. There it is. Um, yeah, I mean that's. I mean that's just one of many examples, isn't it? 
It's just, it's, it's, we know that they can see it. We know that they can make the connections between Rodgers being in front of Zach Wilson being a good thing. So we know that they're capable of that. So where's the the benefit for love? And, and, and part of it comes down to, yes, they hate the Packers. Part of it comes down to, I think Zach Wilson was always seen as this, you know, again, the, the pre-draft priors. Very, very big deal. It really, like, I didn't realize how big it was, but the, the draft probably breaks people as much as fantasy football does. You know, big-time draft people get so invested. And, you know, one of the things that I've always said is th- there's a disconnect. Like, we, we, we play a game just like fantasy football when we do these mock drafts and everything else, but some people believe that it's real. And they allow that to carry on into the regular season, and it's garbage. We have to let everything go. The idea that we know that so-and-so is an elite prospect and everything else. No, we don't. You say that during the draft period because you get all hyped up and you get excited about what this person could be, and then you got to let it go because sometimes these guys are garbage and they don't turn into anything. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not allowed to even suggest that maybe a rookie right tackle for the Chicago Bears won't pan out in his rookie season. Bro, I can take it further than that. He might be garbage for his entire career. No, he's, he's one of the best true pass blockers, and it's not just Bears fans. And again, it's the same thing. Like, Zach Wilson, not everybody liked him, asked JJ. Some people have different opinions about guys, but a lot of people loved Zach Wilson. And so the idea is, no, he, he is a legit, like, number one prospect. He's got all the tools. He got off to a rough start. If Aaron Rodgers can coach him up a little bit, this guy can be legit. Jordan Love, he's trash. He played for a small school. Nobody cares. He's not a necessarily mobile quarterback. You know, I mean, he can move like a lot of guys can move, but he's he's not one of these guys running four three nine. So he doesn't get that benefit. He's he's playing for the Packers, which apparently works against him. And um, his college stats weren't that. I mean, he didn't play for a major program and throw for five thousand yards and forty two touchdowns. You know, Justin Fields did that, which you know, granted elite offensive line best wide you know like three of the best five wide receivers in in all of college football are on that team but doesn't matter big program big stats big expectations small school bad stats can't beat out Aaron Rodgers we hate the Packers and want them to fail whatever I mean it is what it is man it just it just makes me want this thing to work really really badly you know what I mean like if it doesn't it doesn't we'll find another quarterback we'll make it work but I want so badly to use Jordan Love as a physical freaking weapon. And for as many years as he's here, I, I want to just I want to make sure that there are hundreds of people that have to delete their Twitter accounts because I post it every single day. Look what you said, dummy. Do you understand how many receipts I have compiled right now? I mean, on one hand, it'll be nice to just delete that folder if, if things just don't go well for Jordan Love. Well, I don't have to worry about that. I just have to worry about the receipts everybody pulled on me. That thing, I mean, Twitter's about to ban my account. They're going to have to get a separate bank of servers just for my just for my bookmark tweets. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. 
when I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Anyways, let us continue. Hey, Ryan. It's Aaron again. And I just needed a call back because I just called during a commercial break. And literally the first time, the first thing that is said when they come back from commercial break is, oh, look at that Zach Wilson 57-yard pass to Malik Taylor, which yep, New York Packers, anyone. But anyways, they were like, then he gets to go sit down next to the future Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers, and she said it with a super big smile on her face and as if it's a great thing, and it's just like... <sighs> One thing that I hated that a lot of people of this generation have said is just like when they're like, I literally can't even. And I always thought that was the stupidest thing, but right now, <laughs> watching this game and how like they're glowing about how Zach Wilson is going to learn from Aaron Rodgers... I understand it. I literally can't even with this right now. I'm normally a very positive person, and I, I, I mean, I'm always a very positive person, but that's good. This crap. Um, I just let it out, man. Let it out. I yeah. yeah. Anyways, right. I yeah. I, I I don't know. I I don't know why I'm watching this game still. I'll probably put on like something. Oh, I actually started From, so I might watch From um, instead of this game, because this is ridiculous just because of the commentary. But yeah, From is a great show, so right. Omar, I think Omar is the one who recommended it. Yep. Great recommendation. Um, and it's better than whatever the heck this commentary is. Um, yeah. So I'll probably go finish season one right now. Uh, anyways, uh, bye. Yeah, I gotta figure out where to watch from. I have Voodoo a dollar ninety nine. Is that for everything, or what is that for? No, that's per episode. You're out of your freaking mind. YouTube Premium subscription I don't have. MGM Plus I don't have. Sling TV Premium I don't have. Roku Premium I don't have. Amazon Prime I have, but it just says watch with your MGM Plus subscription. So it's not Prime. It's MGM Plus. So that's a waste of everybody's time. YouTube TV Prime I don't have. Philo Premium I don't have. Google Play Movies and TV, $1.99 per, don't have. So I don't think I can watch this. does look pretty good, though. I started watching um, Bloodline, I think it's called, and I really liked it. But like most of these shows, 
by the time season two or whatever rolls around, it's like, I don't think I like this anymore, but I don't want to stop because I'm so invested, but it's just not good. Like, it's just nonstop stress. And it's just not, uh, it's not great. You know, it's not even like so much suspense. Like, ooh, what's going on? The whole thing was like, there's a cool narrative and all this stuff. And there's like suspense and everything's a question. You don't know what's going on. You know, it's one of those things where you just kind of come in in the middle and there's no answers to any questions. You don't hardly know who anybody even is. And slowly the questions get, now you know everything and everything's horrible and it's just stressful constantly 24-7. So I'm probably just going to bail on Bloodline. So I I do need to look for something else, but I don't think From is going to be it, although it looks really good. Anyways, I get the frustration. I really do. It's a double standard constantly 24-7. My only other comment with the I just can't or I just can't even or whatever. I agree it's stupid, and I'm not going to say it. The reason I'm not going to say it is because it's just a half a sentence, and you're cutting off the important part. It's not only just the important part that you're cutting off, it's the best part. It's the part that packs the biggest punch. I can't deal with this crap. Let's cut off deal with this cap crap and just say can't. I can't. What do you mean? I just can't. I just can't deal with this freaking crap anymore, and I'm going to stab somebody in the throat with an ice pick. You want to just cut off everything except, I just can't. I'm not going to do that, actually. I'm just not. I understand shortening things, LOL, the whole nine yards, although for years I refused to say LOL. I thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. and Not say it, but I refused to text it. I just go, haha. LOL, I thought was stupid. Lol. Lol. I'm not saying lol. Now I say it because I just, I don't, you know, most of the time I don't really care what you're texting me. It's like, okay, <laughs> great. It's a very easy way to just get through the texting. Hey, Ryan. Sorry, this is Aaron again. I called for a third time. How I you normally, feeling? I, I accidentally do this sometimes. But yeah. anyways, right. I, I just got a notification that the Bears signed Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah. <laughs> and and the fans are losing their mind thinking they just won the Super Bowl. Like, the dude's bounced around to like five different teams in the last two, three years. Yep. And, they, oh, man, and that's a big signing for them. <laughs> oh, the Bears are silly. Oh, my goodness. Eh, what is tonight? I don't even know what tonight is. I just find that hilarious. Ugh. Well, good luck in the Super Bowl, Bears. Um, well, yep. That, that's all I got to say on that matter. Uh, Yanni Kankakwe, Defensive Player of the Year. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we covered this when the Vikings got him. He really wasn't that great. The, the, the one redeeming quality is that he has a high sack number. But the one thing I tried to explain to Bears numbers is if if the sacks were the only thing that mattered, why can't this guy find a job or hold down a job? Like you said, I think it's been four teams in five years, three in the last or four in the last three years. Why is that? The Vikings brought him in. He had four sacks in four games down a stretch, like down the end, and then they traded him away. Why did they do that? He got the sacks. The sacks were fine. He's at four through like week six. That's a pretty solid pace he's on right there. That's almost won a game. Well, it's if you look at any other available metric, he's at the bottom. I'm not going to pull up PFF right now because it's just, it's not that important. But just know he's in the 100s out of like 140 pass rushers or something. I'm talking about overall. Um, but even if you look at his pass rush, I mean, yes, the sacks are high. The pass rush win rate is is not good at all i mean he's in like 120 out of 145 or something like it's really 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 low that includes true pass sets where it's just okay mono mono maybe he's getting double teamed all the time obviously that's not the case but just one-on-one 
normal pass rushing situation. Again, he is outs. He's not even top 100. And pass rush is what he does well. Everybody knows he's a terrible run defender. Pass rush is his thing. So he gets his sacks. He might even get to Jordan. Who knows? I don't know. But as a pass rusher, he's not good. As a run defender, he's not good. You know, unfortunately, Bears fans were begging for him. Usually they're not even asking for the guy. And then suddenly when they show up, they're a bunch of hypocrites. Like, oh, yeah, he's so great all of a sudden. They've been begging for Yannick Ngakwe. To be fair, there's nobody else. The one thing I did find that was hilarious was um, apparently Ryan Poles was after Yannick or interested in Yannick Ngakwe, somebody else that I can't remember, and Daniil Hunter. They considered trading for Daniil. And Yannick was the one they wanted the most. That's bullcrap. That is absolute garbage. That may be so true. That may be true if you add in the caveat of all things considered. That is to say, the price that the Vikings wanted for Daniil was way too high. And so the best overall option, with all things considered, was Yannick. There's no way on God's green earth that Ryan Poles, who should be fired if this is the case, looked at Daniil, looked at Yannick, and said, Yannick's the better player, I'd rather have that. All things being equal, you're telling me Yannick over Daniil? No freaking way in the world. Daniil Hunter has been one of the top pass rushers for several years. He does have injury issues, but he is a legit top pass rusher. Yannick Ngakwe is not even a good pass rusher. But again, this is what they get themselves whipped up into. Like, look at all the sacks. He's really good. Like, he's not the best run defender, but he's a, a truly premier pass rusher. You know, Poles wanted him over Daniil. Like, that really tells you something. Like, you guys are out of your freaking mind, man. I swear. Hey, this is Dakota, that nerd in Tennessee. And I got somebody that wanted to ask you a question. All right. So can you, what's, what's your name? Gray. Gray? That's my son. So, what's your question, buddy? Why do the Packers win like a million times? Why do they win like a million times? That's your question? Yep. All right. Well, I'll let you know when he answers it, bud. Say, thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. All right, man. Peace. Bye-bye. All right, man. Well, I appreciate your call. Thank you so much. Great question, by the way. It's actually one of the best questions we've ever had on the show, I think. Why do they win a million times? Well, I don't know exactly how to answer it, but I know it starts at the top. It starts with the guys that run the team who are very smart and who are very passionate about football above everything else. Some teams aren't, as surprising as that is. They also understand that the most important thing you can do is find a great coach and a great quarterback, and they've had done a fantastic job of that. You think about the early days, they had Bart Starr and Vince Lombardi. They had Brett Favre and Mike Holmgren. They had Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. They found great coaches, offensive-minded coaches, and great quarterbacks, and they just dominated everybody. But they also did a lot of other things on top of that. They focused on drafting really young players, but really talented players that were going to grow into something special. Guys like Clay Matthews and Jordy Nelson, Rashawn Gary. And then the final cherry on top is they've done a fantastic job of finding those couple dominant players to come in and just really bring the team over the top. You know, back a long time ago, getting guys like Willie Davis, Carol Dale, Leroy Caffey, just to come in and help them to get those first several Super Bowls. Of course, in the 90s, we had Reggie White, but we also had Brett Favre. He wasn't originally a Packer. He was an addition that came in later. Certainly never would have had a Super Bowl without him. We also had guys like Don Beebe, wide receiver who came in just in time to help us win a Super Bowl. On the defense, Eugene Robinson. Sean Jones, 
Santana Dotson, and then our most recent Super Bowl, the big one, Charles Woodson. But we also had additions like John Kuhn. John Kuhn didn't start a Packer. He was in Pittsburgh. And Ryan Pickett. Right? Not a ton. It's mostly homegrown talent, but there's just those couple guys to help take you over the hump. And we almost looked like we almost had it again around 2020. Right? We had the quarterback. We had the coach, presumably. Right, Everything's working out well. Free agency, we get the big one was Zadarius Smith, but we also had Preston and Adrian Amos and just some really great pieces and built a just powerhouse team that looked like it was ready to go and just couldn't quite get over the hump. And um, you could tell, you know, we were ramping up. 2019 was good. 2020 was elite. Then 2019, a little worse. And 2020, it just kind of fell off. So we we kind of missed our window there, it looks like, a little bit. Um, obviously, a lot of people feel like we should have just tried again, right? You know, we, we still have Rodgers. We still have LaFleur. Let's keep them. Let's make this thing work, make Rodgers happy, whatever that means, if, if that's even possible, to stay with the Green Bay Packers. And and uh, let's make another push. But, you know, in addition to the unhappiness with Aaron Rodgers and the organization and him not really wanting to play here anymore, um, there's also an issue of, you know, a lot of the free agents are gone. We We used a lot of the money for today, we used it to pay the guys back then. So we don't have a lot of money to, money to go out and get the free agents. So we kind of have to reload a little bit. And so hopefully we have the right coach. I like Matt LaFleur. We'll see. We're going to learn a lot about him this year. Hopefully we have the right quarterback in Jordan Love. But, you know, my confidence in the organization and the reason why I think we're going to win a million more games um, is because we know how to play football and we know how to run a football team. And we've got an organization that understands that – as long as you got a coach and a quarterback, you're going to be okay. Just uh, keep the salary cap clean, your your money. Make sure you're responsible with your money. And um, make sure you draft young guys. That's more important than free agents because we need a lot of guys on this team. And that's where you get the most guys. Make sure you do a good job drafting these guys. And then when you're getting close, see if you can find some real studs. See if you can go find a Reggie White. See if you can find a Charles Woodson or a Zadarius that really just has some some firepower and try to win you a Super Bowl. But if you don't win a Super Bowl, you know what you get? The Packers winning a million games. That's what you get. And that's awesome too, in my opinion. Anyways, really appreciate the call. Please call back anytime, young man. Ryan, it's New Jersey Jimmy. I, listen, oh, when I'm flying down the freeway at 190 <laughs> miles an hour, it's fine. I, my car is made for that. You know, it, you know I don't oh, understand. I can, I can go from... Zero to two hundred in a minute, but I can go from two hundred to zero in like ten seconds. No problem. It's no problem. And I got my eyes up, and I'm keeping my eyes on the road. So you know, it's no problem. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to say that and uh, go back go. What did that sound? First of all, very funny. I'm sure Jersey Mike's gonna kick the crap out of you for that, but I'm I'm chuckling here. What did that sound like though? I think it's like an SNL character. I can I can hear the voice. I can picture their face. I can't exactly tell who it is. What the heck is that? Oh, it's it's uh, the Harry Carey impression. Yankees and six. Wow. How about that? That's great. That's great. So that's your prediction, huh? Yankees and six? Or the Braves. You never know, dog. <laughs> Well, I 
as I just said, the 1996 World Series will begin tomorrow. Joining us tonight on Weekend Update with his analysis of each team is a baseball legend and a dear, dear friend of mine. Please welcome Hall of Fame broadcaster Harry Carey. Hi, Harry. Hi, Hi. Hi everybody. Harry Carey here. I gotta tell you, folks, it's gonna be one heck of a series. These are two fantastic ball clubs with outstanding pitching. You've got Andy Pettit and David Cohn for the Yankees. Anyways, that's all I heard when you called in was was that for some reason. Tell me I'm lying, though. Ryan, it's New Jersey Jimmy. Uh, listen, we're on fire down the freeway at 109. That's, that's... And, of course, the Braves have 24-game winner John. Same guy. It's the same guy. So it was a good Harry Carey impression. Well, it's a good Will Ferrell doing Harry Carey, doing Jersey Mike. Not in a weird way, but in a very funny way. Okay, but also, as you know, even though I go by Jimmy, my uh-huh. name is Aaron. Aaron number and two. yes, I agree with Aaron, the guy that you call Aaron, and you call me Aaron too. Uh, so my nemesis, in other words. Mm-hmm. But no, we're on the same team. I'm kidding. Aaron, it's all good. Uh, uh, yeah, but yes, it's, Eric is, is constant. Constant Eric's. Oh. Uh, and, and I spell my name E-R-O-N. So Got it. It's just my whole my whole game with the, my whole name game is is a mess. It's a you got no name game show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway, I got, I got you. Uh, I'm trying you to that? add some Packers. Kind of quiet. Stuff, but, you know, I feel like there's there's just so um, much and so little all at the same time. Weird. Uh, I'm still excited. Go back. Go. Well, I appreciate that. I'm I'm a little. A little nervous here. We're, we're about to do a fire walk. I got three Jersey mics here in a row. <laughs> oh, boy. What are we talking about here, Jersey Mike? All right, he's talking about gym equipment. Still not Packers, but it's not driving, so let's do this. Hey, Ryan, it's Jersey Mike. What's up? Uh, I'm going to take some time, and I just want to talk to two people. Um, first, Eric. We do have a Discord. If you'd like to reach out to people directly about certain certain things, you can certainly do that. Um, if you, I, I don't even, I'll, I'll put it out there. No, I won't because I don't want randos in there. I want, you know, callers and people that, that care about the show and listen to the show. So reach out to me anywhere you want. Uh, reach out to me on Twitter or whatever. Be like, Hey, I want to get in that discord. I want to talk about gym equipment and car tires and whatnot. Like, heck yeah, bro. Here's, here's the link. Go ahead, get in there and chat it up. Just a reminder. Uh, I know he was asking you about, uh, some equipment ideas for uh, his, his personal gym, and I just wanted to run off a list real quick of things that are like absolute necessities. Uh, first, you need a multitude of resistance bands, you know, for people to stretch out or, or work, you know, like uh, their, their weaker muscles, especially like coming up from injury. Um, you're going to need a dip bar and a pull-up slash chin-up bar. And a, or a dip, a dip rack. Uh, I, I don't know what you call it. Um, basically, two two handles that are next to each other that somebody can use to do a dip um, and keep their body straight. Uh, you need some kind of standing cable machine that has adjustable positions all the way up from you know the top of your head all the way down to your feet, so you can do curls, triceps, all those things on a cable machine. You're gonna need to have a bench press uh, rack. You're gonna have to have the weights for it. You need a squat rack. Tell you what. Tell you what, that's awesome. We get it. <laughs> We're only halfway through this. 
you guys can exchange numbers or something. But I just, I, I'm not going to lie, I blacked out for a second. <laughs> and, and Google, <laughs> Google Translate, I'm looking in the middle of this like, what did he say? I'm hoping Google just got that wrong. Otherwise, I missed a swear word in there. I think the word was, was dip, probably, D-I-P. But yeah, man, you need all the stuff, you know. I mean, you know it goes in a gym, right? You got the free weights, you got the bars with the weights that are, like, stuck on them, you know, and usually there's, like, a rack, so you can do, like, curls, you know, the curl bars, whatever. And you get the easy bars, too. And you can get the ones that are already attached, and then you can get the ones where you can kind of put your own stuff on it. You need to get the racks where you put the weights, the free weights on them and all that stuff. You need to get benches, all different kinds of benches and adjustable benches so that people can do incline and decline or whatever it is they're looking to do. You got to get the Stairmasters and the treadmills and the freaking ellipticals and blah, 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 blah. You know, I mean, you want, you want to open a gym. You got to have some concept of what's in there, I'm guessing. So, um, all right, Jersey Mac, what do we got in number two here? <laughs> I'm just going to play the beginning. And then, um, again, I apologize, Jersey Mike, but this entire episode, we've talked 14 seconds about the Packers so far. So I... I think it's hilarious, and then we're just going to get the gist, and we're going to we're going to quickly move on again. Feel free to reach out, but um, this is this is funny. Hey Ryan, Jersey Mike again. So Joe, 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 the janitor, Joe, Joey, Joe, my guy, my guy. I I want to imagine, and we're friends. Um, but I I gotta I gotta say, my friend, I I gotta I gotta call you on your. Um, yeah, no, uh. You're you're not going to convince me at all that Husky tools are are better than Harper Freight, and I'll I'll explain to you why. Okay. <laughs> you you should explain it to him, but we're not going to do that here. And yeah, Jersey Mike, I'm I'm going to skip the third one too because it's more tool talk. Sometimes it's fine if it's if it's like one or two of these kinds of things, like we'll mix it up. But it's still you guys understand like this is Green Bay Packers. With, like, a little bit of flair. Like, sometimes it's tools and cars and freaking briskets and stuff, right? But the ratios are just a little bit off today. All right, Thomas, what's going on? Birthdays! What? No! Birthdays? How could he? Who did it? Birth? What? That hurts. Jalen? However, or? I don't feel like it's the no. same idea with, like, uh... Yeah. Oh, what's his name? Oh, yeah, that's right. It's Darius Smith. I don't think it's the same thing. I think uh, Mercedes, mm. you know, has been with Packers for a while. Mercedes, I got it. Don't have to move too much. Don't, yeah. I'm not happy about it. I, I should understand. move him a little bit he more. Just, you know, some extra paid and doesn't play at all. Like, he's like, ah, nah. I'll give you guys some hints, but uh, I ain't playing. That works. Yeah, no, for sure. It hurt. Sorry. Why would he do this? Why would he betray us? Like, he has to know, I don't know, I don't know. It's funny, though. <laughs> is it? Bears, they just love signing old guys who uh, won't necessarily contribute too much to the overall success of your team. But it is the Bears' way, I assume. Yeah, the, com- right. okay. the comment I made on the tweeters, the X thing, um, is that process is what keeps some teams on the top and some teams on the bottom. The Packers are building for the future always. 
that's just their thing. I shouldn't say always. You know, you get that window, you try to shoot for it, whatever, swing and a miss, I get it. Um, yeah, maybe we should have got T. Higgins and we could have closed, sealed the deal. Freaking whatever. It is what it is. Anyways, um, that's not me conceding that point. I'm just saying I don't care anymore. So, it's, it's similar to what I said to the Vi- Like, the, the Packers, what they're doing makes sense. Mercedes Lewis doesn't make sense. Yes, he's a veteran and all that stuff. There's a lot of veterans. There's a lot of old guys that can't get jobs. Should we bring them all in here because they're just going to magically make everybody better? No. It's not, I mean, it's just, it's a silly concept in my opinion. Um, the Packers try to get rid of a guy a year too early rather than a year too late. The Bears, I don't know what they're doing. What is the process we're adhering to, right? Oh, Poles is cooking. Cooking what? What is he cooking? I don't I don't even I don't recognize this smell. It smells bad, but I don't recognize it. It's the same thing I said with Daniil, even though I can kind of figure it out where it's like it's a one year just to kind of revisit this. You know, it's a Daniil betting on himself and the Vikings kind of just like giving him a year to bet on himself. He's gonna get paid. And if he can ball out, then he gets his big contract, right? So it's like, all right, that's probably what's happening. I guess I get it. What is Mercedes Lewis's role on a team that is in a rebuild? What is it? Is he gonna is he gonna mentor Cole Komet? Give me a freaking break. Give me a break. It doesn't work that way. He's not gonna make Cole Komet an elite player. No, what I'm seeing is an offensive coordinator. Let's just be let's just be blunt about this. Maybe he's a freaking genius. That could be. Here's what I know about our offensive coordinator. He was uh, he was our I believe wide receivers coach under Mike McCarthy, right? He became very very good friends with Aaron Rodgers. After the 2017 season, he was let go. He went on to be the offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach for the Missis- for Mississippi State. Matt Lafleur comes in, he takes over the team. Brian Gutekunst is now in charge of the team. Aaron Rodgers handpicks this guy to be his quarterbacks coach because Aaron Rodgers makes that decision. So. Luke Getze gets back into the NFL because Rodgers says he's my friend and I like him and I want him here. To be fair, he has done some work as a quarterbacks coach. West Virginia Wesleyan in 2009, he was the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Indiana, uh, PA 2011-2012, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. But he shouldn't have been the quarterbacks coach. If the Packers had handpicked somebody that that they wanted to be the quarterback coach to, you know, maybe help bring along Jordan Love, it would not have been Luke Getze. And so when the Green Bay Packers then go on to have a lot of success, a lot of these guys get hired away. The number one option, our actual offensive coordinator, got a head coaching job. Then essentially it was up to the Green Bay Packers to pick who they wanted to be the offensive coordinator, and it was not Luke Getze. They had the opportunity. If if that if the Bears can go to um, Luke Etsy and say, hey, we were interested in having you as an offensive coordinator, um, the Packers could have said, we want you to be the offensive coordinator. You could have had that job here. They didn't. They went with Adam Stenovich, which means Luke Etsy at best was the third best option. But he also wasn't even the first. He, he wasn't even an option for the Packers. And again, that isn't to say, I mean, they did, they promoted him to passing game coordinator and all that. So it's not to say that he was completely useless. But the bottom line is, you got a guy that was in the league because he's friends with Aaron Rodgers. The Packers decided they didn't really want to, they, they would rather have Adam Stenovich as the offensive coordinator than Luke Getze. The Bears pick him up because they want the Packers offense, but, I mean, Matt LaFleur's number one. Hackett was number two. Stenovich was apparently number three. Getze was at best number four. He goes over to Chicago. They're like, okay, make us like the Packers. 
That ends in complete disaster because Justin Fields can't throw. So then they change the entire offense. They're like, I don't know, man. Let's just run the ball. This is a freaking nightmare. I don't know what to do. Our, our offensive line is built of road graders that can't pass block. We got a quarterback that can run but can't throw. We got receivers that can't get open. Let's just run the ball nonstop. So now they're going to try to pass more. And what do they do? I mean, they just go out and poach Packers all the time. Let's get uh, uh, both tight ends from the Packers. Why? Same reason all the Patriots guys go get Patriot people, because it's like, I don't know how to do this, man. The only way I can recreate this offense is if I have the same players. So we're going to go get an offensive lineman, we're going to get a couple tight ends, we're going to get equanimous. They're just grabbing as many leftover Packers as they can to try to be able to recreate the same offense, rather than doing what a coach is supposed to do, which is take the fundamental um, concepts of the Matt LaFleur-Shanahan scheme, which, by the way... And again, I, I, I don't mean to... I'm sure Luke Getz, he's a freaking genius, right? He's, he's incredibly intelligent. He's, he's been doing stuff since, uh, you know, he was a San Francisco 49ers player in 2007. He was on the practice squad for like a year, and then he was... By, he, was he was a coach already but in 2007, that exact same year. So he, he, was, he was out of the NFL and coaching over at Akron as a graduate assistant. But you listen to that, that podcast, whatever it was called, with Shanahan and all the four guys. These are guys that have spent their entire life immersed in this one thing. Um, Getze was not. Getze was immersed in it for not very long at all. I mean, he, he spent from 2014 to 2017 with Mike McCarthy. He had three years with Matt LaFleur. So for him to know this offense so intricately that he's going to be able to disperse this and 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 use it and and that's the thing like this is really you you have to understand it at a very high level to be able to say okay here's the concepts and here here's how we can apply it to a wildly different team you take Aaron Rodgers Devontae Adams and this premier pass blocking not run blocking offensive line with really talented running backs that can run and catch and all this stuff and then you go over to Chicago where you got a a, a very mobile quarterback a semi-competent offensive line that mostly run blocks but can't pass block a tight end that's kind of a premier piece, but he's not very good. And, like, how do you apply what you learned there to this? I don't think he knows how. That's not to say they can't come up with something, but you got to say, like, he's the guy. They don't have an offensive guy. He is, like, the head coach of the offense. Their head coach is a defensive guy, so all the offense is essentially on him. So, you know, it, it just reeks of desperation to me. I need help. I can't make this work. I don't know how to apply what we did here to all these things so so you know what i'm just going to get mercedes lewis and tunyon to come in here because like we we have a common language like we knew what we did in in green bay and and you run like you're, you're the right piece right he's supposed to adapt it to the pieces that are there but he's he doesn't know how so it's like all right let's just bring those pieces over here and maybe they can teach the guys that are here how to do it you know an equanimous he can kind of like you know he can show everybody how to do it even though he can't show anybody how to do anything and we, you know, we brought in an offensive lineman that can kind of run the offense the way that we. I mean, I, I just, I just don't think it was the best hire, to be honest. I think it was a bad hire, and I think this is desperation, and it happens a lot. Again, guys that leave Bill Belichick, they, they all they do is is try to build a Patriots roster. I mean, what is Hackett doing? I mean, maybe a lot of it has to do with with Aaron Rodgers wanting these pieces here, but. It's all Green Bay Packers pieces. It's Packers wide receivers. So that's what's going to recreate this because it's like, I, I don't want to build an offense here. We just want to do what we did over there. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do what we did over there. Same quarterback, 
same offensive concepts with the offensive coordinator. You know, a lot of these guys weren't here, but they'll figure it out as we go. But we got Lazard, we got Cobb, we got Rodgers. We'll make it work. And Garrett Wilson's just a freak, so I'll just throw it up to him and he'll just get it. Like, we'll just make that thing work over there. That's my Devontae guy. He's my fail-safe. If somebody does something stupid, I'm just going to launch a 50-50 ball to him and he's going to make me look good. Again, I don't know, but that's just how it feels. I'd never thought it was a good hire. And when you see the constant poaching of Packers players, especially guys that make no sense, this is a team that desperately needs to build for the future, and they're wasting all of their money on guys that have got maybe one year to offer. One-year deal for a pass rusher. One-year deal for, for you know a couple tight ends. I mean, what are we doing here? Offensive coordinator needs help. He needs help showing them how to do things because it's too big of a job. So anyways, I will leave it at that. You guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.